Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. This drives me crazy. Oh, we, we worked in the office for 130 hours this week. You run straight, and you run straight. I've been grinding in here all week, honey. Honey, I've been grinding. I drew a, I drew a straight line. You threw out the honey. It was almost uh, Almost. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, gosh, I'm such an asshole sometimes. <laughs> I don't know what, other, what else I could say. What's up, Chris Sims of Button? I'm here. Paul Burmeister's here. I dig the hoodie. You're looking good. You're I'm, stylish. I'm man. down with the Sims uh, you're, wardrobe You're effect. looking good. Yeah, I'm yeah. liking it. I'm like, let me just check out your shoes today. Okay. All right. Same ones I've had for a while. Yeah, but it's okay. I you're need good. some new ones for Christmas. All right. Well, some new ideas. Yeah, all right. Yeah. LeBron's, Kyrie's, KD's. Yeah. There we go. Yes. All right. Three you, gift ideas right there. If I bought there. you these, would you wear them? The ones I have on. You can look on the big monitor. We have a big TV Let right there. Those are awfully bright. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of Velcro. Those are awfully horrible, he was about to you say. Look like you're ready to, you mean like you're very ready to just go play some noon ball. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moon ball? Noon. Noon ball. You know, hoops. Yeah, yes. Pick right, hoops, right. Yeah. I go, well, a lot of people are like, what are those moon ball? Like, are they back to the future things? What yeah. the hell are they? Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Rate, review, you know, do all that social media shit. Tell me how good this podcast is. We need the help, all right? Don't say how bad it is. Um, right? All right. And then uh, we got a little different schedule this week. It's Thanksgiving week. All right. I cannot wait. I got Thursday and Friday and Saturday off. Wow. Oh, me likey. During the season, oh, three days is like three I'm weeks. I'm going to be, I mean, I'm going to be a You're mess. Be what? A mess. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. Right. Just full? Oh. Eat like, a lot? Yeah, full. Yeah. Full of liquor and, <laughs> and <laughs> marijuana. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be full of. All right. But uh, either way, it's going to be a little different schedule. We're not going to do the Wednesday what the fuck happened podcast okay mm-hmm. i'm just gonna do the 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 week 12 uh picks with florio we'll do that i will do some you know what the fuck happened and certain things we're gonna try to like almost combine two in one to where i'll have a little film study in our picks it's a hybrid it's a hybrid right you know yeah. you got to be a hybrid this day yeah. and age you got to be able to run you got to be able to run between the tackles and catch the ball in the back doing both that's what you got to do so that is the week uh and uh i hope everybody will be cool with that but there we have that and then today we got two deep dives packers 49ers and then Cowboys Patriots the two games of the day yesterday as far as the the big big matchups that everybody wanted to talk about I mean the game of the day I think 
What do you think the game of the day was yesterday? Saints-Panthers, maybe, just because of the craziness of it? We're talking about just day? Just, like, just the just day. Just daytime? Just, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just, like, a crazy game to yeah. me. That had, a, like, so many plots. A lot and of points. plots and, yes. Down to the final moments. Referees. Yeah, we'll that. Crazy crap. All of it. I wanted it to be, speaking of referees, I yeah. wanted it to be Cowboys-Patriots yes. to be the game. And it was all set up and ready to be. Yeah. Until the refs kind of kind of jumped in there at the end. Yeah, there's we a few get to things that. there. We'll yeah. get into that. We'll get but uh, let's, let's hit it. Let's hit Packers 49ers. Let's get right into it and we'll do the uh, Packers over 49ers D to start it off yeah the uh, the big narrative after 37 yeah. to 8 start big picture here Packers can't hang with the NFC's best apparently after this one game yeah well I agree with that I don't think they're I don't think the Packers are in the cream of the crop in the NFC you know again I think if you do, if we dove into the Packers schedule and what they've done you know over the last month or so they win yes but I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I've just been so impressed with this Packers team week after week. No, they have found ways to win, and in games they've been outplayed. I mean, hey, they beat the Carolina Panthers. We both talked about it. I mean, it was there to be had with right, the Carolina right. Panthers. They got dominated by the Chargers. All right? The Chiefs game. I mean, I don't think if they don't have Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, we've heard Dad talk about yeah. it. I don't think they win yeah. that game. They were outplayed as a team. There was a point, though, at that stretch of the 7-1 and one toward the end of yeah, it where we right. were starting to, like, hey, these guys are these guys are pretty good. They are finding – We backed off the last three weeks for definitely. good reason. But th- there was a point in there where it felt like they were in yeah, the top three I, or four. I hear you. I hear you. You're right. You're right. They were right there on the cusp of that. I mean, you know, again, even the Oakland Raiders game, let's not forget, they did some special things as far as big plays in the pass game. But – you know, we talked about it that week. They never really stopped the Raiders the whole day. That was a Derek Carr fumble at right. the goal line. It was Josh Jacobs fumbling at the goal line. You know, they had another interception in the red zone by Derek Carr with a wide-open Darren Waller down the middle. So there's been cracks in the armor as far as the way they play. And, of course, they met a team that is in the cream of the crop in the NFL last night. And this is something, you know, I, I know you don't listen to everything I say and pro football talk and all that crap, yeah, though. It's but on. I thought this was a very tough matchup for the Green Bay Packers. Why? Well, because the, they don't have a good defensive line. Mm-hmm. They don't have a good interior defensive line. And they're playing one of the better run offenses in all of football. The defense for the Packers has just, you know, slowly been falling apart. They went into the week as the 28th defense in football. Yeah. And then, of course... You know, the offense being good, but not world-beating. They have a nice little formula as what's worked for them to this point. But the it's, 49ers' D is world-beating. Yeah. It's, it's special. Incredible. So it let's, is. let's get right into that yeah, part of let's it. Let's do it. That's what stood out most to me. The Packers' yeah. offense against that San Francisco defense right. ends up 37-8. to eight. Yes. But there's some numbers within there that are just, I mean, you, you, yeah, you, you don't take a look twice. You're like, 0 for 14? On yeah. third down? Yeah. Well, and yeah, one for 15. Aaron Rodgers Overall. on his 20 completions got 104 yards. Uh-huh. Pretty similar to what happened a couple weeks before against the Chargers. Where yes. The, the yards per attempt, yards per completion, you're like, no way. There's no way. No way. It's that low. So I, I was thinking about it in, in three different ways. And to your point, to though, just yeah. there, what you said with the Chargers, same yeah. defensive scheme they played. Right. It's the, it's the Seattle scheme, okay. And personnel it's a, not as and good. It's not, well, well, what do you mean? The, 40, the Chargers? For the, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers personnel is not as good, but still a front four that can get to the quarterback, yes. they can drop seven. A lot of similarities to that. I would say the 49ers are a, are a bit more creative than the Chargers on the defensive side of the ball, too. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No. Those three things. The, the, those are good points. Yeah. Thinking of threes here. Right. Rank these one to three in terms of why the Packers offense struggled okay. so mightily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have Green Bay's game plan number one. Right. 
We have Aaron Rodgers play, number okay, two. Right. And Green Bay's, pardon me, San Francisco's defense, number three. Yeah. So the offensive game plan, the quarterback, or the defense? Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with the defense. At one. Yep. The game plan. And then I'm going to go Rodgers oh, three. Okay. Right. And now, you know, the game plan and Rodgers together, that's, that's maybe a little bit of a close one. Mm-hmm. You know, but – you know, just to hit on Rodgers real quick and what happened. You know, the, I didn't come away watching, looking at the film going, oh, man, he, he missed people all over the field. Were there, yeah. were there two or three plays during the game where I went, oh, he threw a double move up the left sideline to Devontae Adams. I wish he would have played the concept on the right side where there was some people open. You know, there was another max protection uh, pass where, you know, I even drew it in my notes. I don't know if you saw it. There was kind of an in-cut, uh, uh, and Rodgers, he looked to his right to Devontae Adams. He came out of a play action. Devontae Adams read an out and up and then a comeback. He didn't like it. He looks back at the in-cut to Valdez-Scantling going over the middle. He's open, and I don't know why Aaron didn't throw it. So that would be, that would be two examples, and in my head right off the bat, just jump out to where I go, oh, I, I wonder why not. Now, again, they were overmatched. Yes. And I think that's where I go into, you know, the 49ers defense, again, it is doing special, special things this year. I mean special. It's producing in a special way, but like schematically, is it? Is it's, it- it's not like overly creative. They're, they're doing it with, you know, like you've already mentioned, a great front four. Yeah. I mean, a really great front four. Yes. And Buckner, Armstead, uh, Bosa, you know, DJ Jones, uh, one of their other defensive tackles, is kind of one of their under-the-radar stars of their football team, number 93, who creates havoc all the time. So they have that. They have a really fast linebacking core. 54. Yes. My goodness. He, Fred Warner, this is year two, and he was like this last year. Yeah. You know, and now he's just getting smarter and understands what he's doing. The big thing that I like with them, like, like you said, they're not reinventing the wheel scheme-wise. It's not like the New England Patriots, but they always have a few little creative blitz zones in the game plan where, you know, this guy, you know, the five blitz, and they got, you know, six in coverage, and they're just covering little areas through their breakdowns of what they've seen the team do in certain formations. So so I like that aspect of it. And the biggest thing is this with the San Francisco 49ers defense. There is – they out-hit everybody. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. They right. haven't played a game yet where they're not the, the out-hitting – you know, maybe that Seahawks game where they can match their craziness and physicality. Mm-hmm. But that's really the special thing they're doing. And, and it, it, it also, yeah. it, just, it just sounds different. Like – I watched back a couple of times our, our broadcast right. from NBC last night. Right. And it's wonderful how you can hear in the field with, with every team and every play. Yeah. But it just it sounds like it's – at NFL Films, they have this thing where they would call it sweeten. Yeah. We're going to sweeten this to, to make it sound even louder, to make right. that hit seem even bigger. Yes. It seems like the, the sound at the snap when San Francisco's on defense – It's ferocious, by right? Somebody. Yeah. yeah. It's ferocious. It, it really is. I think that's what you, you – that's how you say it. And I, I agree with you. You know um, – the one thing I've always taken away from Kyle Shanahan when we do talk about defensive players in the draft and things like that, he always comes back to one thing, especially when it comes to front seven people. No hesitation, right? 
There's no hesitation in physicality, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what he loved about Reuben Foster, who they traded up for. Remember, right. who I mean, now is you know out of he had a lot of issues and whatever else. But I just know that's come up. So he has got, for lack of a better phrase, a bunch of crazy motherfuckers on the defensive side of the ball yeah. that have no regard for their body mm-hmm. and they throw their body around and they don't want to tackle you. They want to hurt right. you. As your dad used to say, eleven angry men. Yeah, exactly. Right. Eleven angry men. They, it's eleven angry men, and you know it really was like they they were playing in fast forward. And, right. you know, the Green Bay Packers were playing in regular speed. And it just was like, man, it just it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do anything all night long. How, how many yeah. coaches, and we, we, we both played the other side of the ball, but how many coaches did you hear defensively say, you got to play every play like it's your last? Right. Or, or right. play like it's third down and three. Yeah. And for this little moment of time, they found a group that can actually do that most of the time. Yeah, they have. They have found the group. And that's a, that's a testament to Shanahan, John Lynch, you know, again, you can say all those things you're saying, like you got to play like it's right. last down, but you got to find the guys that are really yeah. willing to do it, yeah. lay their body. You wonder on the line. if it's a, if it's a coach like Kyle recognizing that on tape and like getting John, you know, to, to, to go toward those guys. Yeah, no, I think is it, it is. a defensive assistant who creates that environment? Is it a leader who makes everybody feel like they yeah. they have to play that way? Yeah, I think it's all the things you're saying. I think it's you know Kyle. And then the coaching staff he has around him. And, again, I know these guys. They're, they're a bunch of crazy fuckers, too. Yeah. They like to work hard and play hard. Right. That's what they do. And, you know, you see Robert Sala out there. He looks like he's ready to go tackle somebody. Yeah. You know, so you get him. And Lynch has got a head made of concrete. And then you got Kyle, who's crazy. And, yes, they do a great job of finding that type of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And, really, there's not a lot of X's and O's to talk about. Listen, I don't know what the – the Packers could have done game plan wise too much differently that could have really helped them out. They just got their ass physically whipped. Yeah. There's nothing nothing other other I can say. My big thing with the Packers more than anything is, you know, again, it's a really good for the most part of the year pass protecting O-line. But they went into the buzzsaw last night of a team that's like a special, special front four. Again, this is a team that has five first-rounders. One of them wasn't playing, D. Ford. Right. He's out of the game. But I talked about like 93, D.J. Jones. He's, he's a killer up front. So they have guys like that, let alone like we talk about a few creative blitzes and, and things like DBs that. And their DBs must be pretty good, too. They, they, they don't get nearly the amount of credit. But there were, a, there were a handful of times. Yeah. And some of the times the game was kind of out of hand. But there were some times when Aaron had time. Right. And there was just nobody There's open. nobody there, right. Well, the two safeties are phenomenal when you get into Joukowsky, Tart, and uh, Jimmy Ward. Yeah. 20 and 29 are really good. Richard Sherman, I still think he's the weak link there. And it's I don't know good. why they didn't attack, but still good. Yeah. Exactly right. You know, uh, Akela Witherspoon and 41 uh, Wesley, or yeah, Wesley, I think it's Wesley. They're good on the other side. And then they got K1 Williams, who's a crazy nickelback who blitzes and throws his body around. So, you know, they just have the right blend. And, and just to put it all in perspective right now, you know, again, the Patriots' defense is really special. Yards per game, the 49ers are beating them right now. All right? Mm. And then pass yards per game, the San Francisco 49ers are setting up to be the greatest pass defense in the history of the NFL right now. Wow. 136.9 yards per game. In the passing era, mm-hmm. where everybody throws, and really 300's worth 200 this day and age, as yeah. compared to the 80s and early 90s, 136.9 yards per game crazy. is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. And New England's at 158, and that's crazy. As long as you're comparing the two statistically, yes. based off what you see, Patriots defense, right. Niners defense. Yes. You talked about the Patriots having the best secondary in football. They do, yes. San Francisco, uh, the Niners have the best front four. Yes. Which one of those two groups is, is more dominant, you think? Well, 
I think the I think the 49ers D-line. I think the 49ers D-line is arguably the most dominant force in football right now as far as one unit yeah I don't you know and again I'm, I'm up to be challenged and this is you know you were talking about this and I'm just right off the top of my head but right yeah I I would say though you know I would think it's really that it's the 49ers D-lines the most dominant unit in football followed by the Patriots secondary as being the second most dominant right. unit in football uh, yeah I, I think that's where and, we're at and as a supplement right. like you just said the the defensive backs for the Niners, it's not like it's a big drop-off. No, it's not like four. we got a bunch of slappies out there where we're like, oh, I mean, if it weren't for the front four, they'd be right, getting exactly. torn apart. No, to your, to your point, you're exactly right. They're well-coached. They play tough. They just have enough creativity on a week-to-week basis to keep you off balance. And let's not, you know, again, we went through this like, oh, they played two close games to the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, they lost to the Seahawks. Okay, the Seahawks are real. We know that. Right. And the Cardinals have some things about them that matches up Going to well. give a lot of teams some issues, yeah. Yeah, right, because yeah. of the quarterback. And Cliff Kingsbury knows how to get a lot of quick passes out of, his, out of his hands. So the front four gets kind of negated when you do that. Right. You know, so they had a few weapons there that were a pain in the ass for the, the 49ers. But still, just an amazing defense and an amazing defense performance. You mentioned we're going to uh, sprinkle in a little bit of our favorite Wednesday element, what the fuck happened. Yeah, right. Let's go to their the first drive, third down and 10, Green Bay with the ball. Right. And San Francisco with the sack, the strip, and led to the first touchdown and really started the whole thing. So yep. what did you see on that play? Yeah, okay. So let me get to that where I exactly am. It, yeah. It, yeah. it was a specific kind of blitz. Um, off the top of my head, I think they showed like – Maybe a couple of linebackers were going to come. They, they backed did. Off, Some backed off. But right. they brought a defensive back from the other side. Yes, they did. They, it was really – it was a six-man pressure. And, you know, they, they fooled Rodgers a little bit. And I don't think he thought – I don't think he saw the sixth man come off the edge. No. So, I think he thought it was five on five and I'm going to be okay. I think it was – was it Ward? Was it uh, I think it was Kawan, you know, Kawan Williams again, number 24, okay. I believe, who was in there, right? And then Fred Warner came as well. Fred Warner's the one that ultimately knocks him and gives him that last hit to make him fumble. But to me, the 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 beauty of the play was DeForest Buckner, who's arguably, you know, one of the best defensive players in football this year. He absolutely dominated Jenkins, 74, the left guard of the Green Bay Packers. So that started it. Then on the other side, Armstead, you know, and I call these guys they're the tree trunks or Morgan, yeah. right? Uh, he dominates the right tackle, right guard, Billy Turner. And then, yeah, like I said, Warner fin- does the finishing blow, but there's, it's a, fi- a six-man pressure. There's only five blocks, blockers. Rodgers does have to get it out there. And, you know, I think when he finally realized that he wanted to get it out, Aaron Jones was over the middle as a check down, but he had so many people around him. I think he was afraid yeah. to raise his arm because he knew it might just become a sack fumble, but then they right. ended up hitting him hard enough to where he fumbled anyways. With the blitzers and with the confusion right before the snap and then after the snap, who was coming – with all that going on, yeah. it was still the defensive line that won. It was. It was the defensive line in a great disguise. The disguise. Because it was K1 Williams who comes off the slot. And as anybody out there in, in football world, when you see a slot corner blitz, usually it's somebody over the top of him because he's going to blitz and the guy over the top of him now is going to cover the guy he was acting like he might right. cover, right? They didn't do that. So they didn't show like they were going to do it. So Aaron Rodgers, who's this ain't his first rodeo, this was probably a game plan thing where Kyle Shanahan probably got with Robert Sala. He's like, hey, listen, you can't show this blitz. He's going to tear us apart. He'll get the ball out. we got to do something a little different in this situation. And that's the beauty. That's what I mean. Game plan specific game planning. you got to have a few things in to beat 
elite players or elite units from time to time, and that's what they did, and that gets you off to a 7-0 lead, and Green Bay's going, oh, shit, here yeah. we go. We're down 7 nothing, and we got to play this defense, and we're already in the hole, and that's just you know not what you're trying to go for uh, on a Sunday night football that game. That game plan-specific thing that you've been talking about all year, yeah. and I, I think it really hits home when you're talking about a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Definitely. With that experience and with those smarts, it created just that – it's not even a half second. That split-second hesitation. Right. And that combined with the fact that the front four is kicking your offensive line's ass anyway. Yep. And that play was over. That, that That's it. That, you're exactly right. And then that's why it's so important, and that's why it'll be important for San Francisco if they want to beat – you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl or Drew Brees in the NFC Championship game because yeah, you can't just think you're going to line up and bring ordinary, you know, everyday blitzes against those type of quarterbacks and offenses. They're too well-schooled. Either way, it was just too much work. Hey, Green Bay offensively, it goes back to something we started off the year with, all right? There's not a lot that scares you personnel-wise, no. all right? And when they can't really run the ball, their play-action game loses its effect. And that's really the biggest issue. And when you get overwhelmed like they did up front, yeah, you lose the rest of your offense there. And that was really the big thing. I mean, hey, their scoring drive, it was 13 plays for 65 yards. And they had two, at least two shamrocks up their ass type plays where you just they got lucky right. to extend the drive and whatever else. So it was so much work for them to get yeah. eight points. Uh, and that just, again, speaks to the greatness of that day. All right, that's that side of the ball. Yep. Let's uh, check out the other side, Niners offense. Packers D. Yep, and uh, we got a little little segment here. The best of Week 12 presented by Verizon. Now, we have the best of Week 12 presented by Verizon. The network more people rely on, and I rely on it, and my whole family does, on an everyday basis. All right, getting us to this tweet where we're talking about that side of the ball. And we would like to thank... A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. to have that one here. Hey, right? Is this Aaron Rodgers' family? As we move what from is the this? Packers offense to the Packers defense. How does Kittle get so open you would think the other team would key in on him? Laugh out loud. Now, th- th- this is obviously the, yeah. the, the long the touchdown big pass. pass. Play, right. Beautifully designed pass in the second half. Yeah. Lay it out there. Right. Why did it work so well? 61-yard touchdown pass. And the hard thing to key on with the San Francisco 49ers is, right now, not only is Shanahan really creative, so you get cared, uh, you get scared. Uh, gosh, if we put all, all our eggs into the let's stop George Kittle basket, all of a sudden Debo Samuels is wide open, or the run game exposes you, or Emmanuel Sanders. And the greatness of this play is Kyle Shanahan got into 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. All right. He had a wide receiver to the right. Now they fake, you know, the famous zone to Shanahan, you know, zone, zone outside zone scheme to the right. Offensive line sold it so well. They sell it well. This is where they're beautiful, and this is where Kyle Shanahan will kill you. So, you know, you snap the ball, Garoppolo goes to his right, Mozart goes to his right. As they're going to the right, the receiver on the right comes behind the line of scrimmage and comes out the back door there as in this is what a bootleg pass yes. looks like yeah. because now you have, okay, a guy in the flat, George Kittle and these type of plays usually runs a corner route, mm-hmm. and then the backside tight end is going to run the short crossing route. That's usually how it's played. And Green Bay has seen this through their film study, and they were probably playing George Kittle will run to the corner in this type of play. Well, Kyle Shanahan's probably seen them play this setup before. They kind of catch them in a quarter's coverage. And 
really what happens is Kevin King, number 20, the corner, who's covering George Kittle, okay, and you could see him there. And the, anybody watching on uh, YouTube or anything here, he's got outside leverage on Kittle. All right, so he's ready. He thinks, oh, I'm in a great spot if they run the corner boot mm -hmm. here, right? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo fakes to the right. He rolls to the left. He sets up. Kittle acts like he's going to the corner, and then, bam, takes two or three steps to the corner, and bam, goes across the field. Now, there's nobody left, really, on the other side because the the crosser we talked about with the backside tight end, the safety to that side kind of went with him to take that away, but now the middle of the field's wide open, and Jimmy Garoppolo throws an absolute dime to George Kittle, who's the best tight end in all of football. And there you have it. And that was game over because right. you went, oh, it's 23-8. Yeah. You know, they make a stop, and maybe Rodgers can make some magic. Maybe they can it. get back in it. And that was it. And there was no, there was no, nothing more to add. Uh, but that's what I talk about with Kyle Shanahan yeah. cracking the code. Yep. If he starts to figure out how you line up against a certain personnel set or a certain formation, watch out. Because he's as good and as creative as there is in the NFL at dialing up those type of plays. I hope everybody enjoyed that. That was the best of Week 12 presented by Verizon. And that's not only self-scouting thyself, knowing that, hey, we've run this play a number of times. Yes. And they might be expecting George to, to break out because he always does. Right. That's a massive league tendency. I mean, from the time exactly right. from the time they started getting together in April with OTAs, I mean, every offensive coordinator has a million ways to run three that levels. That same to combination, one right? Exactly You're right. You're never expecting the top level of it. To, to take go a step the other one way and go, the other way. And go opposite awesome. of the flow yeah. of the play. Exactly right. I mean, right. that play, you probably ran it in high school football. Sure. Yeah. And how many times in college football, square right? Square out. The square right. out scheme, we called it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, everybody, like you said, has that play, and there's a great way where you keep everybody off some of your bread and butter plays because now the next team that has to play the 49ers, mm -hmm. they'll probably go back to the basic way again and it'll be open because they're going to spend all week going, oh, crap, well, they have this other play right. where they run to the post. Yeah. And that's what great offensive coordinators do. You build off your inventory of plays and just continue to have an inventory of, okay, well, we did this and now we're going to do this off of that and now we're going to do that off of this and then we're going to do this off of that and it just continues to grow. And that's what Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton do as the year goes on and it's just basically a mental right. fuck job for the defensive coordinators go. who have to think about it. I heard Chris in the broadcast la last night right. say that George was the best tight end in the league with apologies to, to Travis Kelsey yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. You feel the same way? I do. I feel the same way. And I, I kind of said it in the pregame show last night in uh, Football Night in America. Yeah. Kittle, Kittle, you know, and again, Kelsey's awesome. Kittle is definitely a better run blocker. Kittle is a special run blocker, and it, which is crazy because he's like – He's got to eat probably like 12,000 calories a day to be 245 pounds. <laughs> right. But he's a crazed, like, crazed, crazy dude, I yeah. mean, like a pro wrestler, like Kyle Shanahan's called him. So his will and want to and fight on the running plays is phenomenal. And then the other thing is when he catches the ball, mm -hmm. he's looking to score. I mean, he's looking to punish. You know, like a, you know, not a big physical guy like Gronk, but Gronk was that way too. When he caught it, he was looking like, I'm not going down. I'm going to run right. through you and run through you and stiff arm you. And that's what George Kittle does. And, of course, that puts a lot of, lot of pressure mm -hmm. on a defense. Hey, they were missing him the last three weeks. Let's Big not time. forget that. Yeah. And when you have him and Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders with Shanahan's creativity and then the run game to go along with it, 
you know, good luck. And back to our AA Ron comment, you would think they'd be keyed on him. It's hard to key on people in this offense because Shanahan's creativity and they got a lot of talent around it. They do something that you've talked about quite a bit, which is having the quarterback get under center. Yes. And using that run game to create the play action right. gaps and the windows in there, the exactly intermediate part right. of the field. Yes. And he just finds them very well. Yes, he does. They also do this thing a lot with their with their receivers, bringing them inside, Debo Samuel, kind of creating the the what I call the tight end effect for your quarterback with the play action, right? with the in-breaking routes. You like to throw to a tight end because – when he's lined up inside, he doesn't have the best defensive back on yeah. him. And when he's cutting across the middle, he's closer to you. Right. You bring in a receiver to do that same thing, and you have a better pass catcher taking advantage of, of those same kind of principles. Yeah, 100%. He did that a number of times last 100%. night. 100%. That's why Debo Samuel is really and, – and Emmanuel Sanders is also fearless over the middle. But that's why Debo Samuel was drafted by the 49ers. And, and I talked to Kyle before the draft about Debo Samuel. It was a guy we kind of – like I was like, man, I like this Debo Samuel because he was in the SEC going over the mm -hmm. middle fearless. And right. the SEC is full of NFL safeties and linebackers. And if you show you're fearless in that conference, you're going to be fearless in any conference or in any league. Right. And, yeah, he's run blocks. And then, you know, you see it. When, when Shanahan or Garoppolo, you know, they might be in the shotgun and they fake that outside zone run to the right. And now Debo Samuel's on the backside running the slant. The linebackers flow too quick. Bam, he hits it. And then it's Debo running and he's angry. Yeah. He's a running back and wide receiver. You know, he's a – am I saying that? He's a wide receiver in a running back's body. Yeah. That's what he, he runs is. that way. Yeah, he does. He yeah. runs that way. And that, that big touchdown catch he had, Garoppolo hit him – in perfect timing and in stride, yes. bringing me to that, before we move on yeah, from this game. Sure. What did you think of Garoppolo last night? I, I really, I thought Garoppolo played really well. I mean, I don't think there was really one questionable decision. I don't know if I can really, you know, I'm just trying to think back about the film. I don't know if there was one throw that I look at and I go, ooh, that was stupid. You know, um, I thought it was really a, a really pretty clean performance by him, yeah. didn't you? For yeah, sure. I mean, right? I, I think he was at 70% and just kind of running through all the plays in my mind. There, yeah. He didn't have – and I always give the quarterback two or three of these plays a right. game. Like, hey, the other team's good too. They're going to give you a couple plays where you, you yeah. kind of look like a jerk. He didn't have any he of those plays. He didn't have any of those, he right? Right now. And no. I think he was very smart, especially early on when they were kind of dominating, but Green Bay was hanging around. And it was like only 10 nothing for a while, and then it was only 13 nothing. But – you know, I also think he understood, like, and I'm sure Kyle gets in his ear about these things during the week, like, hey, we, we, we got their offense. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, need to, we don't need you to, like, squeeze a ball into triple coverage. Such week. a good feeling for a quarterback, right? too. Yeah. Right, So he could play it that way. He played smart. They scored 10 points in the last 58 seconds of the, the second quarter. And, you know, just last thing about this game, and we'll move on. Yep. You know, the Packers, they're, they're handicapped. Their biggest issue, and you've heard me say this, and I'm going to say it one more time, is the interior part of their defense. They don't have great interior D linemen. They don't have great inside linebackers. So they're compromised because they got to play a lot of five-man fronts because they're worried about stopping the run. And, of course, that leaves you compromised in the pass game. And that, to me, is one of their biggest issues. And then what happens is, oh, man, they're gashing us with some of those passes we just talked about right. with Debo and Emmanuel Sanders. Then they get into four-man fronts, and the 49ers run it right down their throat. Right. And that's really that was the key to the game. You know, oh, okay, five-man front? You know, we'll try to run it a little, but we're really going to gash you with the pass. Oh, four-man front? Oh, we'll go right back to the run. Boom, boom, boom. And it's five, and it's eight, and it's ten yards. And then all of a sudden, Mike Pettin's like, well, crap, what do I do? I'm in deep crap. And, and that's ultimately the biggest problem with that Packers defense. All right, let's get into give me the headline with a couple of plays or a couple of different games here. Yeah. 
NFC South, you mentioned it already. Great game, right, right. down to the finish. Yep. Saints 34, Panthers 31. Headline, and this has nothing to do with anything you've said in the past yeah. or how you may feel. This is just, it, it just came up organically. Yeah. Yeah. Future MVP Michael Thomas comes through again. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't agree with that, okay. but he, I will say, you know, gosh, there's so many headlines I can go here. Like, first off, thank God the Saints won or the referees might have been murdered oh, after geez. the game, right? Yeah. I mean, because of that. You know, I will say, again, you know, again, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, you, you, why do, do people not watch what New England Patriots do? You know, there is a last drive of the game. Make Drew Brees and the Saints beat you with somebody other than Michael Thomas. And in an obvious passing situation. Right. Wasn't it third and, third and long? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand that aspect of it. I mean, if I'm playing the Saints and they're in an obvious passing situation, I'm going to have a handful of plays during the game where I'm going to go, I'm going to make somebody, I'm, Ted Gidd's going to have to catch this. Right. Michael Thomas will not do it. And they leave Michael Thomas one-on-one with Bradbury, who jumped on a little double move. Uh, so that, you know, it was a really exciting game. I will say this. I have a little concern with the way the Saints have looked the last three weeks. It just hasn't been real impressive. Now, maybe they're going through a low like we talked about with the 49ers from the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you take the Atlanta Falcons game where they kind of got their butts whooped. Yeah, they did. You know, the Buccaneers game, yeah, they won 34-17, to but the game was a little closer than that. It really was. That, that final pick six made it look better than it really was. So, uh, and then yesterday, you know, again, no Marshawn Lattimore. I, I understand that. Uh, but just their, their defenses, the, people are moving the ball on them here. You think they're not as good as their record says? Well, no, I think they are. I think they are. I still really believe in the Saints. I do. Uh, I think two things. The defense is going through a little lull. I think without Marshawn Lattimore, they are a different defense. They, they have a hard time matching up and playing man-to-man without him in there. Okay. And I would have argued early in the year, you know, they play too much man-to-man. Now I'm almost to the point of going, well, it might be a hair too much zone. They need to mix in just a little man here and there. But I think they're scared because I don't think Eli Apple and P.J. Williams can cover man-to-man. Right. So that's a little handicapping them that way. Um, but, you know, again, I still think the Saints are clearly one of the three best teams in the NFC. It's okay. them, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, hands down. Because, again, the Saints – Would you have had the Packers in front of them before no, last night? No, I definitely would not have. And I've, I've stood strong with that for the last four or five weeks. I've, I've had a few pods where I've even talked about this with Dad where, yeah, these are the top three teams. Those are the top three teams for me. And if, if you're watching yeah. on YouTube, you can see this. If you're listening, I'll read it along for you. Division leaders right now in the NFC – San Francisco is a one seed. New Orleans is two. Green Bay still at three. Dallas yeah. at four. Wild card. Seattle has the fifth right now. And Minnesota at six. Yeah. You got the Rams, Bears, Eagles, and Panthers in there just behind. Yeah, just behind. So, I mean, Green Bay, I mean, they, you know, they're going to have, they're going to go down the stretch. They're going to have to play Minnesota again one more time in Minnesota. So right. that could end up being for the division title. Niners and Seahawks play again. Niners and Seahawks will play again. Niners still got to play the Rams. Niners still got to play the, the, the Ravens yeah. and the Saints on the road. That's coming up the next two weeks. So, you will, you know, we'll really get to see how real they are. Um, I just say this about the three teams we mentioned in the NFC. The Saints, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, they pass the bar fight test for me. That's, that's what it comes down to. I'm just saying if we all threw all 32 teams in the alley outside the bar, I'm saying the Seahawks, 49ers, and the, the Saints are going to be in the top, the top five for yeah. sure. They got too many big mofos on the, front, on the offense and defensive line to where they, they, they want to fight. Like, Same that's criteria. AFC, who are your top three? It's going to – it's really – all right, it's, there's a clear top two in the Patriots and the Ravens, yeah. which, again, they got a lot of big dudes, you know, and we'll get into that again too. I think the, the size and ferocity of the Patriots surprises people too. 
Um, and that third one, I gotta, I gotta pull up the teams. Really, I gotta, I gotta think about who that. Thir- Chiefs have to be in your conversation, right? They're in the conversation, but not in the bar fight manner. No. They're a little different because of the, 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 the magic man at quarterback and some of the, the skill guys they got. I think if I really got into the bar fight conversation, that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers might come into conversation. At six and five. Yeah, I Doc mean, Hodges. just as far as that. But yeah. they, they're so undermanned at some of the other positions just football wise I don't know I'm just talking about fighting in yeah, the bar yeah. fight right that kind of thing I like Pittsburgh's chances they're big up front they're ready to fight that should be enough to, to get them into the postseason I, I don't know but if you see you know the quarterback question is a real thing yeah. they haven't been able to run the ball as well so that's what makes me question Pittsburgh but as far as physicality Pittsburgh is the real deal there they're always looking for a fight very well done thank you um, I did want to get to one more thing oh yeah we got well we have one more Seattle thing. Philadelphia too yeah Seattle Philadelphia yes. If it, also with with, with uh, Saints, yeah, Panthers, you, right. you mentioned just a little bit right. about that third down and six, the Michael Thomas conversion. Yeah, sure. I because it was so key and right. so major in that game. Right. I'd like to hear a little bit more about what exactly happened. Okay. You talked about the lack of a double team. Yep. But so you want to do fuck it? We'll do it live. Is that is that, is what's that going what you? Let's do it. I got it. I mean, I'll I'll Let's pull it up. Peek. So let me get let me get to it right. here. You've got I mean, it right we, there. We can always pull up the dead time here. Let me just get to it. Here we go. Thirty-one all. Not that one. Let's see. Where the hell are we on the clock? Let me get it. Okay. Let's see. We're zero thirty-seven. Okay. Here we go. We're getting close. I'm about so two two plays Saints away. Saints final drive. Saints final drive. Thirty-one all after the miss the missed chip shot. Yes. Right. And it's third down and six. Third down and six. 37 think, seconds left. Let's see if I got it here. I think this is it. Here we go. All right. So. We know that Michael Thomas is not double teamed. We know Michael Thomas is not double teamed. All right. Now, here we go. Let me get this out of the way. It's shotgun, right? Uh, Kamara's to the right of, of Drew Brees. I think he's got two receivers to his right. All right. It and looks like it's Teddy Ginn in the slot. Okay. And then Michael Thomas is outside over here, right? Also has two to his left. He's got two to his left as well. It's Jared Cook in the slot, and I'm guessing that's Meredith up top, number 10. Balls on the left hash. Balls on the left hash. Way to go. You, 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 you make go. sure you get on it. You're, you're Johnny Radio <laughs> football host, so you got it. Okay, so here we go. Now, this is what they're doing. It's a four-down alignment by the Carolina Panthers. All right, there's three underneath in coverage, and um, – uh, number 33 on, hold on. I got to pull up their roster. You got to give me a second. I, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get to it before you it's do. It's a too deep look. And he's looking at the safety to the far side. Of yes, the field. it is. Yes. So it's Trey Boston. Gosh, I just choking with names lately. I feel like I really am choking. It's a too deep look. It's not really it's not too, too deep, deep yeah. right? Yeah. He's trying to scare him with body presence. So Michael Thomas is to his right. Trey Boston is trying at the snap to make it look like it's cover two, right? He's hoping he can fool Drew Brees by going, oh, uh, we're doubling Michael Thomas just with his body positioning, right? But Drew Brees, this is not his first rodeo, and he's not going to buy it because I think he's seen enough of the picture to go, this doesn't really look like too deep over here. This is really a cover three this is a cover three defense. And Trey Boston, who goes at first like he's doubling Michael Thomas, Drew Brees pumps to Michael Thomas, but Trey Boston is looking at Michael Thomas and then starts to go to the middle of the field, right? He's still over there on the right hash, but 
It's not a true double situation. Well, he's, he's not anywhere near Michael Thomas. He's 15 yards he's away 15 from yards. So He's 15 yards. He's probably in the deep steps. middle, really, except they're just trying to tell him with body presence to maybe stay over by Michael Thomas. His initial steps would tell you, okay, my job on this play is, is to help cover Michael Thomas, but he's so far off of right. him that he, he's not providing any help at no, all. No, he's not. It, this is true three-deep coverage all the way. All the clues tell you it's three-deep coverage. He's playing back to the field. Look, Eric Reed is coming down in the middle to be the buzz player, the other safety. You know, it is true three-deep. Really, the, the, the travesty of this is Bradbury24, who's playing three-deep coverage, bites on the slant, and he doesn't need to. Because, as you can see here, there's a nickel corner there to take away the slant, right? I mean, see him? He's here. He's, He's there right for the there. slant. He's ready. So there's no, you have nothing to do over there. Why are you chasing him there? You have help inside. Either way, he takes the, takes the bait, and Michael Thomas makes the move, and Drew, Drew throws a great back yeah, shoulder did. throw, and it's a 20-something-plus yard game. And all of a sudden, now we're, we're one more completion away from field goal range, and you're in Scrooville. Ron Rivera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where they were. So that's really what it came down to. Um, don't fake doubling him. Just double right. him. Actually do it. Actually do yeah. it. I, yeah. You know, I just, you know, again, make somebody else beat you. If there's one thing we know about the Patriots, who are they going to throw to on a big play? Who are they going to throw to? Julian. Exactly. Same thing with them. That's what I mean. How many times do we have to see it before right. you just before somebody you takes buy it away? It, right. Yeah, how many games of you know? double-digit catches and 100 it, yards? Is exactly. Have? Like I think. If, I mean, if New England was playing the Saints, they would certainly do and that. Maybe sometime. And that will. could happen. Right. Elsewhere in the NFC, yeah. Seahawks 17. Yep. Eagles 19. Headline without Clowney. Seahawks still clown wins. Yeah, I like, I like that. Oh, look at you I all. just read it. I just okay. Read it. Oh, yeah. You're I not. All right. That's copyright Pete infringement. Matt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, I think that's a a good way to put it. You know, this game was dominated by the Seattle Seahawks. They were very close to really blowing them out. There was a number of big pass plays that, you know, DK Metcalf dropped two big pass plays, one for an easy touchdown. Russell Wilson missed a wide-open touchdown pass in the end zone where he's scrambling to his right, and he has one of these throws, Paul, where it's just like, here, catch it, and he sailed it like five yards over his head. So they had some of that. Both quarterbacks had a little bit of that. Yeah, well, Carson Wentz had a lot of that. Carson Wentz did not throw the ball great. Um, You know, again, Seattle's defense is coming into its own here because we're seeing, again, for the second game in a row, their defensive line can really be dominant even without Clowney. And, you know, the offense, even though not having its best day, Russell Wilson's always going to make a few big plays. You know that. They're very comfortable in this spot. Against a decent or a good team, it's close. They're not playing that well. No panic. Yeah. A lot of mental toughness. They right. find a way to win. No this big is deal. The, they're the king of this game. Very much their identity. They're the king of this game. Yeah. You're right. It's like, you know, hey, man, you know, you look at it and you go, man, Seattle's kicking the shit out of them. And you go, what? They're only up by, they're only up by 10? Yeah. You know, it's, they're one of those teams that does that a lot where they kick the shit out of teams but don't, you know, necessarily blow you out because they are a little conservative on offense. When they really want to make a play, it's just like, hey, run straight and Russell will throw you a dime. You know, Russell's flea thicker pass, that was an unreal throw. throw. Yeah. Um, Rashad Penny got going, mm-hmm. you know, because Chris Carson, he fumbled twice. You know, he got lucky and I think recovered both of them. I just want to make sure that. Uh, so he only got one fumble. I think the other one was on an exchange with him and Russell Wilson. Um, and then, But Rashad Penny, if they can get him going, he's got talent. He's just always hurt. And back to Philadelphia, yeah, Wentz, not great. Hey, 
The Eagles' offense, it's not great. You've heard me say it a million times. There's just there's nothing to Pass be scared catchers. of. There's nothing. Where would you rank it? If you break, it in, break it into fourths. Yeah. Top quarter, middle. Oh, yeah. Right. Bottom three quarter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's there. It's towards the bottom three quarter, if not the bottom, like, one quarter. Right? Yeah, I think so. I'd be surprised if it was. I mean, if you, if you really, and I kind of surprised you with that. But no, if, but if you really okay. had time to think about yeah, it, I mean, you'd JK rank them 25 or, or below. Side, right? Yeah, it's Jordan third down Matthews. and seven. It's third down and seven against any team right now with this personnel. To, to steal how you describe it, how yeah. scared are you? Yeah, right. The only thing you're worried about is, man, is, is he going to jam a throw into Zach Ertz for eight yards? And I think it's affecting you know things that we took for granted, or maybe he took for granted in his own game. Like, he's not throwing it as well no, as he's he definitely used to not. I think he's second-guessing himself. And when you drop back and people are always around you, and every time you look at a receiver, he's covered – you know, any quarterback, all of a sudden you, you start to pat the ball a little bit extra or you, I mean, am I seeing this clearly? And you, you leave a guy and you go somewhere else, you stand in the pocket too long, which I do think is one of Carson's problems at yeah. times too. Like, just get out, make it happen, go. You know, they're not going to get open. You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, our Sega Whiteside is not all of a sudden going to pull away from <laughs> yeah. people. It's just not what's going to happen. They've lost four to six games now. Four to six games. Doug Peterson would go in the category of he also needs to reinvent himself a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. He does. I, I do believe that. Um, but, you know, the Eagles' defense is still really good. It's just the offense is not helping them out at all right now, and they're in trouble. All right, uh, NFC against AFC, really the matchup, one of the matchups yesterday. Yeah. Cowboys, Patriots, and uh, New England finds a way to win. Right. 13 to 9. And to set this one up, let's take a <coughs> listen to what Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, had to say about his coaches and how they were outcoached yesterday. Yep. You know, a sloppy day, special teams can rule the day. And they've got a coach that knows how to play this game and did a good job of that. My hat's off to it. I don't think there's a game that a coaching staff uh, has areas that it wouldn't, uh, couldn't do better in. And um, uh, I just uh, I don't like it that we've got so many as I'm standing here tonight. All right. The, the emotion of a tough loss or I'm going to send a message and I know exactly how I'm going to do it? Yeah. I, Which one do you think it was? Um, I think he's sending a message here. I don't think this is emotion. I think he's, like, at his wit's end and he's – At he's, his wit's end, they're in first place. Yeah, I get it. But he's also going away. This is game number 11, and it's the 11th game in a row where I have the more talented team on the football field and we're just over 500. Wait a second. The team has Tom Brady and the best defense in football and he had more talent? Yeah. I, don't, I won't even bat an eye at that conversation. I mean, first off – Dak Prescott or Tom Brady is a very close conversation. I'd probably go with Dak Prescott at this point of his career, okay? Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I'm not trying to be a hater on Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 42, okay? Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott has played unbelievable football. You know, we saw it last week. We saw it the week before. He's been doing some really special things. So we can't take away from that. Running back, you're giving the Dallas. Offensive line, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Defensive line, Dallas. The only thing you're definitely giving New England is secondary, and it's not like Dallas is bad in the secondary. So that's a game they should have won? Well, I'm not saying they should have won. If they're more talented. Well, yeah, they should have. Yeah, yeah. And then I just watched the film. They should have won the game. Mm-hmm. They should have. Yeah, they, they, but they don't know how to coach their team the right way. It's also it, it's tough to out New England 
in, in New England perfect weather. Well, yeah, I get that too. Well, this is part of coaching too. Did Dallas not read the weather report all week? I mean, did Dak Prescott not know they were going to play in a monsoon? I got to just go verbatim here. We're going to do Cowboys O versus Patriots D, all right? I'm literally going to read my notes, yes. all right? That's just the way I'm going to do I tried to one. do that earlier, but yeah. it's well, too little. I was, well, I was. It's too little, and I was starting to get so fed up in this. Too I started rating fast, cursive. and I was going crazy. Right. So here we go. It's little things when you play New England. Like the first drive. It's second and six. He throws a, a perfect ball over the middle to Blake Jarwin. What the fuck, Blake? Turn up. <laughs> get the first down. Blake decides all of a sudden he's going he's gonna to dance around and make somebody miss. Oh, you know what happened? He didn't get the first down. Now it's third and one. Okay, it's third and one. You're the Dallas Cowboys. You have five franchise offensive linemen. And the highest paid running back. And Zeke Elliott, who's made for third and one. Yeah. The the, 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 the Patriots have two defensive linemen on the field, and we're going to try to throw, throw a play, okay? And so I wrote this. It's third and one. Pats have two D linemen in, in the game. I wrote, run the fucking ball. And then Eddie, I go, going to run the play. And then they run the play that they run ten times a game for the last ten years. I mean, they ran a play that – it was the first play Bill Belichick taught his defense this week. I promise you. It's, I, it, it is, Which play? It is, it is a shallow cross followed by a slot slant, right? And yeah. then the outside guy runs a go or a post, whatever you want. This is what they do. This is the Jason Garrett, Norv Turner. When, when Jason Garrett was the quarterback for Norv Turner and the Dallas Cowboys, it's their special. So I just wrote that. I went, I went – Man, so have run, they've run this play 10 times a game for the last 10, tier, 10 years. I wrote, are you fucking kidding me, okay? That's verbatim for what I'm running. All right, and then I wrote, so far, 24 versus 89. That's what it is. It's just man-to-man. The, the, the Patriots didn't do anything crazy coverage-wise. Right. They played man-to-man, and they played a few and some snaps of cover, too. That's all they did, okay? I wrote, Dak, here he is. He's lost control out of two of the first five throws of the game. Uh, I wrote Gilmore's patience in the line of scrimmage is phenomenal because that's very hard to do against Amari Cooper. And then I wrote Cowboys' run game is working. Is working. Yeah. Okay. I mean, every time they run it up the middle, it's four yards. It's five yards. I said, now, you know, I, I did say Pat's size and ferociousness I think surprises everyone. Blake Jarwin caught a ball over the middle and got whacked by a bunch of guys. He fumbled. He ended up recovering it. So that was good. But now I get later in, and this is the theme of the game. The theme of the game is third and short, and this is where Dallas blew the game, in my opinion. It's third and two. Guess what? Two D linemen in the game, okay? Two D linemen in the game, okay? Pat, I wrote, Pats would run the ball. They wouldn't even think yeah. about it if they were on the side. Dak throws a shallow cross after a bad snap that goes into the air, right? And he throws it, and first off, the protection's great. Mm-hmm. He picks up the ball. And he panics and throws the ball to Omari Cooper in a shallow cross and throws it four feet behind him. Right. Interception. Yeah. So now you have a block punt and interception. The, the Pats offense can't do anything, but right. they're up 10-0. Right. They're up 10-0. It's almost like he was, he was surprised that wasn't whistled dead or I don't know what treated he was it like, doing. A, like a wasted play. It if was, he it was just, strange. If he just sat in the pocket and went to his next read, he's yeah. going to have an in-cut behind it for a first down. He's got it. But he does that. So here we go. 10-0 Pats. All right. Now. I write, a, I write after this, it's a monsoon, and there's two D linemen on the field, and you have Zeke and a, fran- and a franchise O-line at all five positions for the second fucking time, okay? Mm-hmm. They decide that was the play they did. That was, that was a third and two, or a third and three when he threw the interception. Right. Yep. What are you doing? 
Okay. So then I write, so far, when they run downhill, it's four yards every fucking time. I'm sorry for all the swears today, but this game got me. Dad, your dad would not okay. be happy. Yeah. And then I, I wrote, guess what? Next drive, crushing in the run game. You know what? It's third and two. Mm-hmm. What do they do? There's two D linemen on the field. Sprint left option they run. After they've just run down the field and smashed their faces in, yeah. they run sprint left option, and Dak misses the throw. Again, it's in a monsoon. Yeah, right? You'd think you would want to rely on the run game, especially today. Now, I wrote, again, I wrote, see above, as in, like, they have five franchise offense alignment and Zeke, okay? Now, Dak puts the glove on because he's missed, like, five or six throws. It's 6.46 in the second quarter. We're going to put the glove on. We've had 100 warm-up throws and now maybe 10 to 15 game throws, and now we're putting the glove on? Now we realize it was hard to grip? I just – I'm annoyed. You think someone should have told him? Yes, or he needs to tell himself. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was going on there. But, I mean, WTF I wrote after that. It's 6.46 in the second quarter, WTF. It's not like it started raining then. I mean, you you either know going into a game I'm comfortable in a glove or I'm not because that is a glove game. It's a glove game. If you're comfortable doing it, that's the day. Exactly right. Brady doesn't wear a glove. He doesn't have to. This isn't Brady's first rodeo in New England Mm -hmm. weather in November. He's good. You know, know, Dak's played down in Dallas. It's a half dome. They don't get games like this. Go with what's safe in this game. Okay, next drive. You know what happens? They get a third and four. You know what they did? Did they run it? They ran it up the middle. And guess what? First down. Yeah! First down. Holy shit! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes! Okay. So, I'm writing. New England's not doing crazy things. They do man coverage or two-zip zone so far. But... First play of the second half, okay, and then, then that's it. So there, there I go. And then I just go into, you know, Zeke missed, I thought, a chance for the first play of the second half. Anybody wants to pull up that play and watch it over again? If he makes a cutback, he's going to run for a 30-yard gain. His vision has been an issue with me all year. I just wanted to point that out. And then they get into the second third down of the half, and it's third and three. And guess what? Did they pass it? There's one D lineman in the game this time, just one. Wow. And they throw it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Were you watching this game by yourself? I you was jumping I, up and down. I was sitting right in here just doing the film. Yeah. Now, when we watched it yesterday in the viewing room, I go, you know, and again, we're trying to watch different things. We're getting ready for a show. But I go, I even said to the guys, I said, I, I feel like they're running the ball on them. Like, are, am I missing something? Um, but they just they went into it with the old Dallas mantra. This is my issue with their coaching staff. We're going to do what we do. Oh, no, no. How about you do what you got to do to win a game like New England does always? You know, New England doesn't care about sex appeal. Right. Oh, it's the Super Bowl against the Rams? Yeah, it's the most boring Super Bowl in the history of yes. Super Bowls. Yeah. But we're going to do whatever we got to do to win the game. And we felt like the best way was to make it an ugly defensive game. And we'll win 13-3. to And Brady will make some big throws in the end and we'll win the game. First time, first yes. time you pounded the table here, actually, right. during the show. Right. At this point, are you most mad at Kellen Moore or Jason Garrett for not fixing this? But this is both of them. During the game. This is both of them. I mean, honestly, it's got to throw I got to throw it on Jason first. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the bigger man as the head coach to go, hey, hey, Kellen, you know, let's, let's run it let's here. Lean on the run. Let's run it on here. You know, Belichick would get McDaniel's ear. ear. Hey, I, hey, this there's a rundown. It's third and two. They got one D lineman. Run it, run it, run it, you know. 
Just run it here. I like what we're doing so far. Let's not take a chance. It's messy and rainy and it's 30-mile-per-hour winds. Right. It's a monsoon. I mean, that's, that's basically the bottom line. So I just don't get it. And then, you know, to end it all, the, the worst thing of all, more than anything, is the kicking the field goal, the 13-6. to 6. Yeah, yeah. That just made no sense at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any other way to say it. But it's 13-6. to 6. About halfway through the fourth quarter. Half, there's like six minutes left. You might not get another. There's a very good chance that you're not going to have another real possession. Well, I mean, but the way the game was, Patriots haven't driven the ball all game. They got 10 points off of 20-yard drives. Right. So... Well, what's to make you think all of a sudden they're going to run the clock out? They've done nothing to show that they're going to do that. You know, if you don't get it, they're going to have first and 10 from their own seven-yard line. Right. Great. Let them have it. Right. But you go for the touchdown there. That was a bonehead decision. And you said that at the time, too, right? Yes. I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. Now, it was great for all the people betting out there. Cover the spread. It's (laughs) 13-9. Right. But it it meant nothing. What, What changed about it? The Cowboys still had to go down and score a touchdown the next drive. So it did nothing for you. You mm-hmm. go for it right there. And, you know, what changes there on a third and seven, it's a third and seven, and they can got the first down. It wasn't even third and goal. Yeah. So they could have got a first down. But, you know, again, third and seven, run the ball up the middle. Mm-hmm. Get yourself into fourth and three, fourth and two. Who knows? You might, you might get a first down. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you score a touchdown, and who knows? You might stop New England and get the ball back in a short field, and the field goal is going to win the game. I just did not agree with the approach of the game. So I guess is what I'm saying is I'm seconding J- Jerry Jones and yeah. his cryptic talk on the coaching. Right. Yeah, I had an issue with it yesterday. I've, I've, I don't want to say done a 180 on what Jerry said afterward, but, I mean, you have pointed out, I mean, something that, I mean, it's, as ex-quarterbacks, as soon as they come on the air, you're like, oh, my God, I'm happy it's not me out there having to throw the ball today, that looks miserable. And right. you have the offensive lineman. You have Zeke. But they're so, just going to go keep going yeah. like, oh, so we're going to throw it. It's third and three. You bring up it. impassioned, very good points yeah. about that game. I do not agree that the owner of a team in first place should come out and point his finger at his coaching oh, staff for not doing very well. That's yes. Hey, listen, he's the only owner in football that would do it. If you're if you're this four is, and eight, if you're four and eight, that's yeah, one thing. Right. Your team's in first place. You got beat by the defending champs on a perfect day for how the defending champs played. They've been winning these kind of games yes. for 15 years. So, sure, they probably should have won the game. Yeah. However, you you walk out of there the best team in your division. And your message is, uh, I'm not too sure about well, my coaching staff. I, I get you. I, uh, you know, but I just think he's at his wit's end. It's par for the course for Jerry Jones. Okay, This is what he does. He's the only owner in football that you know, holds the State of the Union right. after a game. So you know, this Great is what he media. does. Well, yeah, 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 and this is what he does. But I also think you know, him and his sons are going, man, we've done everything to put a really quality roster together. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of just went through it. And we could really say the only two positions we would go, okay, if you want to take Brady over Dak Prescott, fine. I got no problem with that. In the rain, I'll take him all day, obviously. Yeah. He could, he, Brady was throwing piss missiles everywhere right. through the rain, through yeah. the wind. Didn't matter. Touchdown to Harry. Yeah, it was a great throw. Yeah, no. He had a number of other great throws that changed field position. So the yeah. stats aren't going to really quantify the greatness of Brady a couple in a drops. like this. Right. A couple really good balls. This is why Brady's yeah. special, too. Yeah. Like, you know, people want to nitpick Brady or Drew Brees, and they're both going for the touchdown pass record right now. To me, there's no comparison. You know, Tom Brady's got to play three months a year in this weather yeah. and this crap. Yeah. You know, he's going to get into December and January, and he's going to go outside, and he's going to have to throw the ball in 10-degree weather right. and things like that. Drew Brees has a reputation for not even being able to play good outside, let alone play in some of those elements. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, Brady's greatness and New England and everything, you're, they just play to win the game. They don't care what the final stats say or anything like that. But the big thing is the Jones family, I'm sure, is at their wits' end because they feel like they have spent a ton of money and they've mm-hmm. done a great job scouting of really putting together a team of Adonises. Yeah. They're He's, a team of Adonises. He should have called out then the – play calling, not the special teams. I mean, Slater made it an unbelievable play. Yes, he did. Didn't really have anything to do uh, with what the Cowboys weren't, were or were not well, they, doing on special well, teams. Well, I think they schemed them, though, a little bit. If you look at it, they had one more guy over it's there than the blockers. A phenomenal individual effort, I well, thought. Yeah, well, it was a great effort. There's no doubt about that. But they schematically had them in a tough bind. Mm-hmm. And again, Bill's an ex-special teams coach. Yeah. And that's what they do. And they still got Joe Judge up there. And they're they're, they don't. There's no stone Fair enough. turned. But, but if he was in the mood for calling out, I everything you. you just pointed out the yes. last ten minutes, why okay. not say I'm, I'm paying that guy more than any running back in the league yes. on this kind of day? Why didn't he get the ball? Well, I think the other thing too is the the short kick field, the short kickoffs that Dallas yeah. kept letting bounce, and then they got bad field position. You know, so I think those things. It was all those where he kept going, "What the yeah. freak is going on? Can yeah. somebody come up there and catch it?" So, Did you hit your limit? You can't say it anymore? I, th- I don't know. I just tried to – I tried. my dad came into my head there for one second. <laughs> Before we move on. Other – yeah. Patriots offense. Yeah. Talked about a little bit. Right. Brady making some pretty good throws in the rain. Anything else on the New England O? No. I mean, hey, it was tough work. The Dallas D's good. I think the big thing is Brady made some big throws in the elements. That would be one thing. I mean, he just – he's amazing that way. And that's why New England is believer of quarterbacks that are – they have a certain size – you know, height, weight, speed, hand size element where they yeah. won't draft you because they know they're going to have to play in some games like this up in the Northeast this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And Brady is amazing that way. He was really unaffected by that. He played smart. He really made no bad decision all day. I don't care what the stats say. He did exactly what he had to do to help win that game. And, you know, they were a little unlucky too. I mean, I wrote, I wrote down, I don't even know if you saw it, but like 27 Jordan Lewis, you know, he held Julian Edelman – seven, eight times on a crucial pass plays, and they didn't call it. And I even wrote in my notes, like, you know, this is one thing I really respect about Edelman and the Patriots. Like, they don't get up and, like, look for flags or complain or anything. He kind of, like, looks at the ref like, you don't want to call that? The guy just, like, I mean, pulled my jersey off. Yeah. Uh, But he doesn't, like, go crazy and, like, start throwing things like that. They just, they keep playing. Mm -hmm. They keep playing. And it goes back to WWBD, what would Belichick do? And that's what he would do. He would tell his team to shut the fuck up and stop begging to the refs and just keep playing football. All right, let's get to the AFC. We're going to get back to the uh, give me the headline portion. Yeah. You can hit the table again if you'd like. Okay. You can get mad at me again if you want to. We do have the fist right here. (laughs) Let's check out the AFC playoff picture. And if you can't see it, uh, I will read it to you. New England, number one seed. Baltimore, number two. Yep. Houston at three. Kansas City, four. In position in the wild card, we have the Bills. We'll talk about them in a moment. At five. Eight and three Bills, by the way. Wow. Eight and three, right. Steelers in the sixth spot. And right there in the hunt at either six and five, Raiders, Colts, Titans, and the five and six Browns. We'll also talk about them in a moment, too. All right, Denver and Buffalo, 20 to three, the Bills win. Yeah. Headline here Frank Gore moves up, Josh Allen grows up. Yeah, I, I, that's a good headline. That, that was mine. Uh, way to go. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the way to, I mean, this guy, too. C- tremendous accomplishment by Frank Gore. I mean, it's really, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, because I don't view him in the class of Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, I don't Jamie either. Smith. I, know. I don't either at all, but I mean, he's, he's third overall, but there's I know. no denying that he's going to camp. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, a test of longevity and consistent, toughness. Re- really, really toughness and yep. really, really goodness. I don't necessarily want to say great. You know, I know I sound like a little bit of a hater. Hey, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, 
But, I mean, I, I would like to jump on the other side here, but he's been really, really good for a long time, and that yes. commands a lot of respect. Yes. I, I think at, at any point in time when he was playing, that's right. would you put him in the top three or four I backs in the league? No. There's one year. You know, he had a year where he had 1,600 yards, I think, when, like, J J Jim Harbaugh first got the 49ers. Okay. But you're right. Other than that, that's kind of what I've always said. I don't think there's been, other than that year, any other years where you'd put him in the top five running backs in football. No. You know, you know, and again, that, that doesn't mean you're not a Hall of Famer. If you're consistently at number seven for, you know, 10 and 12 years in a row, yeah. then you're really freaking at, good and Hall of Fame worthy. At that position, if you're really damn right. good for over a decade, right. for well over a decade, yes. certainly warrants the conversations that he's in. Uh, exactly right. Is he a game changer to me no. like Adrian Peterson was? Was the team and offense based around him ever at any – you know, not really – Mm -hmm. I mean, the 49ers teams, they were going to run and be tough because that's what Harbaugh did in that time. And they were so physically good. Talk about a team with a bar fight. Yeah. They would have been, they would have whooped the shit out of everybody in football, like for a three or four year period. Right. So, you know, he was part of that. But yeah, I don't view him as in the class of AP or LaDainian Tomlinson or some of the other, you know, I'm probably missing Marshall Falk. Those you know, kind some of, of those right. guys we've seen in the last 20 years. Right. Yeah. Josh Allen grows up. Josh Allen is playing. Just just a yeah. few weeks ago, we were talking about, boy, love watching him play. Yeah. Love the talent. He's on a really good team. He's right. going to be really good right. sometime. Right. But just pushing the ball downfield Doing way too often. Stuff. And watch the highlights now. Yeah. Throwing it underneath. Being smart. Being patient. Right. Makes a few plays with his legs every game. And still throws it well downfield. Definitely. Just often enough. Yeah, just often enough. He's really kind of the offense there. I mean, that's really is. Their run game is good. It's not great. It's not always consistently good on a week-to-week -week basis. But his skill set is what scares teams because he can throw 60-yard lasers over your head. And then, of course, he could scramble on a third and 13 and get 15 or 20 yards. And then their defense is playing good. Right. I mean, again. This is a defense. I just want to make sure, but they're number three in football, you know. And again, they're only letting up 184 yards per per game pass wise. I mean, they're playing strong, epic yeah. stuff, right? Right. All right. Jets 34, Raiders three. Ooh. Headline is Raiders get a wake up call. Yeah. What's the difference? Next touchdown they score will be the first. How'd that happen? Yeah. I mean, the the uh, Matt Casey, who's one of our producers yep. and everything, he's a Jets fan. You know, he came away with a comment here, and I'm stealing what he said, but he goes. What's the, you know, what's the difference between the Raiders and the Jets? And I was like, you're right. You know what the it? difference is? The start of the, the schedule to start the season. Yeah. Because the Jets had the toughest first six games in, in football. And now they've won three in a row. Exactly right. You know, and they got a good run defense. Adam Gase is a phenomenal game planner, so he always gets, like, the offense off to the right start. I think this is, like, four or five weeks in a row. They've scored a touchdown on the first drive. Donald's in a little bit of a groove. They're finding ways to get the ball to Robbie Anderson. More than a little bit of a groove. Yeah. Seven touchdowns, one pick, and they've won three games in a row. There you go. That's a little that's more. Good. You're, that's right. That's damn good. Yeah. And, you know, hey, the Raiders rely on that run game. The Raiders could not get the run game, had a few big crucial drops early on in the game that they could have got them going and kept them in the game. And Tyrell Williams dropped two. I know, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro dropped one or two. So, hey, in the NFL, you do a few of those things when another team's hot, you're going to get blown out. Plus, you know, yeah, to steal what Tony Dungy said, he goes, the Raiders look like a team that's traveled to the East Coast for a 1 o'clock game and they're playing in bad weather going, I don't really want to be here. And that's yeah. kind of what it looked like. Looked like they didn't right. want to be there. Right. Elsewhere in the AFC, Steelers 16, Bengals 10. To me, the obvious headline is Duck yeah. Hodges. Duck, not duck, so much goose. About, there you go, yeah. <laughs> not so much about this game, yeah. but big picture moving forward. The Steelers are 6-5. and five, Yeah. Top three bar fight team in the AFC, which right. is a great, 
great thing to have right. going for you. Right. Do you think he ought to be the guy the rest of the way? A hundred percent. I've kind of been banging the drum for this for the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, I know last week, I think we talked about this with my dad, you know, with him getting bashed over the head by Miles Garrett, got lost in translation that he, he played, played absolutely pitiful in that yeah. game. Yeah. Right. And to me, this is, this is two or three weeks late. It really is. But, you know, the big thing is, is they drafted him and they got to make sure their draft pick succeeds and all that. But, hey, you're going to get credit for a free agent guy you got off the streets. He's going to be a better, a good starting quarterback. So stop worrying about where you drafted a guy. You're not going to be right about every draft pick in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's missed plenty of second round picks. Right. Doesn't matter. And he doesn't sit there and go, I'm going to play him because I drafted him in the second round. I'm going to play. He cuts his ass and plays the free agent like nothing. He doesn't even right. think about it. That's part of football. Was, he, not- even, was he even a second round pick? Uh, he was second or third. He was definitely second or third. I want to say he was third. You just to strengthen your point. Peter Dimalelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelelel
Titans 42, Jaguars 20. Tennessee has won four of the last five with Tannehill playing. Mm -hmm. Quarterback of the future, not just of the now for this season, but is is this the guy? He he he's going to give them something to why, think about. I know. Why wouldn't he? About. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't they? You're right. That's so you're really you're right. Straighten me out. I, I think you're it looks right. Looks like the team is is playing. It it's cliche to, to saying that you know that, that they're they like this guy better yeah. or they're playing differently for him. However, you can't deny. Yeah. They're scoring points. Yeah. They're winning games. Yeah. And they, they just felt like they were stuck. Right. Prior to that. Well, yeah, they 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 were. He he ta- he hits what's there to be had. He does not leave yards in the field. He's a really good deep ball thrower. You saw he's very athletic and can make some big time runs in a game, right? Uh, so that's the big thing more than anything. You know, so like the things Mar- Mariota did not do is he did not consistently hit the open receiver. Tannehill doesn't miss the open receiver. Plus, he'll hit the receiver every now and then that's really well covered and throw the perfect ball. So, added that, hey, Tannehill was much better in Miami than people want to give him credit for. You know, he had an ex-teammate and his wife who jumped on him a lot, all right? I'm not even going to say their names. That, like, kind of gave a bad stigma around right. him. Now, that ex-teammate and their wife went up to Tampa Bay and somehow didn't say anything about Jameis Winston for two <laughs> years. That is, like, challenge flag, you're bullshitters, okay? Right. So, yeah, that, that I have issues with. But uh, either way, Tannehill was much more successful in Miami than people want to give him credit for. Health, Staying healthy was his biggest issue. And, uh, yeah, you know, now that you say it that way, yeah, I think there is a chance that – at the very least, he's earned himself an- another year to be the starting quarterback and see where it goes from there. Yeah, it doesn't feel yeah. like it's a fluke. Yeah. I always felt like in Miami, I mean, it wasn't a very good team. Yeah. He wasn't a quarterback. Like, if you were, went 1 through 32, he wasn't in the top 10. No, right. Somewhere in that 10 through 18. I agree. And That's where he was. You get him out of that situation, put him in a new place with right. your teammates, and maybe he can jump up a little bit. Definitely. And feels like feels like yeah. he's off to a good start. I uh, totally agree. And then, you know, you got big Derrick Henry, Henry is, who's rolling right now. It's, yeah. I would say Freak so. Show. Yeah. Freak show. Yeah. Freak show. Dog show. How about dog show? Whoa. I, I love dogs. I got yeah. two of them. Yeah. I got, I got a, a black German two? shepherd right. and a Karen Terrier named Toto. So I have Bentley and Toto. Bentley right. And, and, Toto. and Toto, my Karen Terrier, thinks he's very tough now that yeah. Bentley, my German shepherd, who's 90 pounds, is behind him. He's when he goes out in the yard because, you know, he's got a big beast behind him. Is two questions. Yeah. Which one did you name? Uh, neither one. Who wins in a bar fight? <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> Bentley does? Yeah, Bentley, right. Bentley's, a, Bentley's a tank, yes. He's only like eight, nine months old, and he's like 90 pounds. Uh, right? I, think, so. I think my English Bulldog Blue might, might take both. Might take them both? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might, yeah, he might. He might. I don't know. I haven't seen my one have anything to really test him yet. So he might we just can do that all, in a slow week. all bark, all bite. All bite. Uh, but the National Dog Show, it's awesome. What's better than a dog? I mean, come on. Right? How about nearly 200 dogs? of every size, shape, and color competing for the title of Best in Show. It's the National Dog Show presented by Purina. Thanksgiving at noon Eastern on NBC. So you watch the Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yep. and then you just leave the t- TV on. It's, it's only bears and lions on the say, other channel. Dog show against dog bears, lions, who wins? Dog shows versus, yeah, Driscoll and Trubisky. Hey, it's a tight one. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's a tight one. I don't know, but... Uh, either way, Thanksgiving at noon, I know I will have to flip back and watch that, okay? Because my Aunt Wendy loves the dog show. So I'm, when there's commercials or anything like that, she's going to be, hey, can you flip to that? Because, of course, football is going to be on my house. No disrespect to NBC. How much family at your, at, uh, at your house at Thanksgiving? It's my job. i got to watch football. So uh, how much what? How much family? Um, 
my brother, my sister, you know, their significant others, my sister's two kids, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my brother's fiance's mom and dad will be there. You left out Big Phil. He's Big he's Phil is going to work on, on yeah, the yeah, set yeah. for Dallas Buffalo, but he'll be there later that night. So yeah. we'll get we'll have leftovers heated up for him, and he'll come in and go, oh, oh, I worked so hard today. Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Oh, oh. I had to sit there and watch a football game. <laughs> Take your spot on the couch. And, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll serve him like he's king because he is king of our household. Uh, you know, Big Phil, he's, he's earned that right. So, But either way, the National Dog Show and well done. Matt Casey's wife, Alexa Casey, yes. producing yep. it. It's going to be time. awesome. She'll yeah. be all over it. Yes, yeah, so that'll be great. She will class it up for yes, sure. definitely. You mentioned Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Back to the give me the headline. Right. Bears 19, Giants 14. We're going to go to the other quarterback, yeah. Daniel Jones. The fumbling issues continue. Sure. Can these be fixed? Well, yeah, they can be fixed. I think that, you know, we talked about it a little with Carson Wentz earlier. Now, first off, he got hit by a Mack truck, actually, right, right. with Khalil Mack behind him, all right? So that's part gonna, of the game. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to fumble, fumble sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. Exactly right. I will say with Daniel Jones, first off, he's getting beat up a lot on a week to week basis. They don't have a great offensive line. But my biggest issue with Daniel Jones, if anybody's been listening to the podcast, is he just holds the ball in the pocket too long at times. Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't see a lot of like egregious, like, oh, I'm holding the ball carelessly and I'm scrambling around. A lot of the times he's like, you know, two hands on the ball and he's looking and he's so focused downfield that somebody just swats it away. Right. And, and that's really been his biggest issue. A little more awareness of what's around him and a clock in his head, I think, would be the biggest issue. And then teams start to, they recognize that. So the D-line is coached more than ever. Definitely. Hey, slap that swatting, thing away. Right? Yeah. He, because and if he's, he's hanging on to it anyway. Well, like you said before the show, you'd rather have a quarterback that's like that, who's fearless in the pocket, than the other way around, who's just leaving the pocket any, at any, you know, feel of a pass rush. Right. Um, but the Bears offense still, you know, nothing special. There's nothing to talk about there. Right. Their defense is the, the story. You know, even with Trubisky through two interceptions, the defense bailed them out. You know, Khalil Mack's sack fumble that you're talking about, that led to a three-play, three-yard touchdown drive that put the game to 19-7, to which ultimately decided the game. I right. mean, because, you know, the Giants did score a late touchdown where, you know, Daniel Jones drove them on a 97-yard drive and threw a ball under pressure into the back of the end zone to Golden Tate, and that was, that was a big play. Trubisky starts slow on Thursday. If, if he does, would you bench him? If you had a really good backup, yes, but they don't have a really good backup, and I, I think they're, they're, I think they're going to stick with Trubisky. I think they are, unless it's if it's like three picks in the first half, and he's going to get benched. If it's just one, and maybe like one dropped one, I think they stick with him. It's more likely that the TV in the Sims house gets changed to the dog show, and <laughs> Trubisky gets shown to the bench. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yes, yes. All right. right. Buccaneers thirty-five, Falcons twenty-two. Ooh. Who's your favorite player for Tampa Bay? Favorite pass catcher? Uh, well. I like, off of yesterday. Oh, I know. Godwin was special. No, 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 no. It's too easy. Oh, Vita Via. Via Vita. Vita Via Vegemin. Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Look, yeah. I had you thinking. You are like, wait, hold on. Which one is it? I <laughs> Double check in here. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. But Pre Godwin. Godwin's a beast. Right? He is. I mean, he's, he's going to get paid with his next contract. Um, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whooped the crap out of Atlanta. That would be the thing I took away. After, like, the first drive or two, I mean, Atlanta's offense was suffocated. Jameis Winston threw two bad interceptions during the game. Uh, but, again, you know, he throws an interception early on in the game and then just comes back and throws like, some a fearless great pass down the field. That's, that's frustrating about it. It's like we yeah. talked about with Dad last Wednesday. Yeah. He does some things where you just go, man, that's as good as anybody in the game. Mm -hmm. But he's always got two or three plays where you go, that's as bad as anybody in the game. 
Uh, but that Atlanta, was a, that was a surprising butt whooping. Atlanta had a little mojo going. Couple, yeah, a couple good wins. Yeah, that's gone. Uh, that, that was not that's good gone. at all. Yeah, Redskins nineteen, Lions sixteen. Can't lie, didn't watch much of this. Did you see what happened at the end? Oh yes, I saw that. What do I you did, think? I mean, hey, he's really young kid. We've talked about this. I mean, it's, so here, here's what happened. Yeah. Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Missed, if you're watching with us, he was taking selfies with the fans in the first row there um, while, while while the game was still going on. Yeah, they get so the backup quarterback had to go in. Case Keenum. Okay, Case Keenum right. had to go and take the snap and, and kneel right. because the starting quarterback was taking pictures with the fans. That's, that's unprecedented. Yeah, well, they snapped the ball with eight seconds left Detroit on the last play. He threw yeah. an interception. There was t- ended up being two seconds on the clock, and I guess he thought it ran out. I mean, it's, it's no big deal, but come on. I know. Come on is right. I mean, come on. It's not that important to go take the selfies right away. First off, let's not take any selfies. Let's just slap people five and get around the stadium and do that. That would be my first problem. We really have to stop and take the selfie. Yeah. But either way, this is, you know, hey, this is a kid that he is still young. We talked about this in the draft and all those things. Did a few good things yesterday. He is still very raw. You know, I saw a few throws around. Oh, wow. Uh, but... Yeah, he's got a long way to go. They yeah, got a lot of developing to go, and that's certainly not, you know, going to make me feel much more comfortable no, no, about no, it no. right now. Uh, what did you do for your first victory? Kneel down, selfies. Do you remember? Uh, my first victory. Gosh, yeah. I was probably so. Uh, let's see. So hold on. what? You're probably so. I was so glad that I was just going to get like John Gruden off my back. I think that's more than <laughs> anything. Uh, yeah, I don't. I definitely. 2004, week five. 2004. Buccaneers win 2017 at New Orleans. Oh, I know. But, but Chris Sims was injured in that game. Yep. First true victory, 2005, Week 10. Yeah. Tampa Bay won 36-35, a shootout against it's Joe Gibbs and the Redskins. There you go. Yeah. Threw Chris threw the game-winning touchdown to win under a minute left. Yeah. Mike Alston, former Big Ten guy. Yeah. Two-point conversion run, and then Chris had Redskins one. Redskins went off twice, runs offsides twice on the game tying extra point. Was that when uh, Brunel was playing? It was. And then Two Gruden lefties. said, go out there. Let's go for the win. And I gave it to Austin up the middle, and he hit LeVar Arrington in the hole. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's close. And Austin just got in. Yeah. Um, but, yes, uh, yeah, my first win technically does go down as my second year against the Saints, like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that, that, man, that one still hurts me. I was rolling right then. I was playing really well. We started a tackle at right tackle who had never played right tackle in his life. And – the late, great Will Smith, who was mm-hmm. shot in a traffic incident right. down in New Orleans, mm-hmm. he blindsided me, drove me into the ground, and hurt my shoulder. Uh, yeah, that hurt, that one. That really was. That, I mean, that was like where I wanted to literally cry when the game was over. Uh, Greasy was the third-string quarterback, got to come in. And, Isn't uh, Jason Garrett woven in here somewhere he was there. Somehow? He was there to lead before that year. He was a part of our team. Yeah. Uh, all through training camp and OTAs and all of that. Yes. Yeah. So if anybody wants to know, think about whether I keep it real with people I know or not. I think I kind of went hard on the Cowboys and their things today. You did. Okay, you so did. I know. And I hope Jason doesn't listen to this. But uh, He has you know, more important it things. Is, to, yeah, I hope he does, yes. He, to worry about. Yes, he does. All right, Ravens-Rams, who are you taking tonight? Ravens-Rams? Yeah. Rams got to beat somebody. Yeah. Oh, we go Rams. Rams. You're gonna go, go Rams. Rams. Yeah. I think it will be a low-scoring defensive game. I'm going Ravens like 20 to 16. Okay. But I, 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 you know, Aaron Donald one sack or one strip sack fumble or one play like that. This Rams defense is real. They will give them some issues tonight. I do believe that. I'll take Rams 28 27. 28 27. You're gonna go some points in this one. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see. I'll bet you five dollars. A handshake. Five dollars. It's our first handshake. It is five dollars. Does it bother you to actually like? 
No, it's all right. I'm going to put hand sanitizer on after this. I don't know where your hands have been. All right. Peace out, everybody. Hope everybody's good. Like I said, Wednesday is no more what the fuck happened. It's going to be the Picks Podcast with me and Florio, PFP, PM, and the Chris Sims Unbuttoned collaboration. Uh, All the Week 13 picks. Everybody be good. um, And be safe and traveling to your holiday destination. But tune in for the Wednesday picks because I think I beat Florio this week. Peace. Well done. Say bye. Bye. Very host-like. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. You're getting good at this. Thanks, man. You ride solo. (laughs) Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis Live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply.